Hey everybody, this is Perry with DMN. I'm here today with Tony Chen, the CEO and founder of uh, Channel Factory. Uh, Tony, I, I gather you guys are in a very interesting space and you've had a pretty exciting year. Uh, probably to, to YouTube's uh, you know, misfortune uh, in, in some capacity. Can you just tell me a bit about what you guys do before we get into like, what happened earlier this year with Google and advertisers and video and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, thanks for taking the time today. Nice to meet you. Um, so, our focus is building data and technology around uh, YouTube and social video, right? So, what we do is we work pretty closely with advertisers, providing them, you know, scoring brand safety measurements around the YouTube ecosystem, and also we have a pretty robust media buying platform um, for YouTube and social video. Gotcha. Now. I understand that earlier this year when all that stuff was going on with the advertisers pulling out of uh, YouTube because of the ads running against harmful uh, or defensive content and you know you, you obviously you remember that because you guys were kind of in the middle of it. Can you just tell me something about you know, from your perspective in the middle what was going on like at the company and what were you guys thinking when you when this stuff started happening? Yeah so it started happening like I mean it was UK uh, ed editorial basically it was like an investigative journalist I forgot the guy's name, but um, basically it all started around March. Um, a lot of UK are, uh, advertisers, especially like the government, um, just stopped running on YouTube because they saw a portion of their ads running against like pretty, you know, terrible content. And uh, uh, in April, that's when in the US became a, a big problem for people too. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like, you know, in terms of what happened, like for us, um, it's pretty interesting because like you know brand safety on UGC content is always like pretty obviously an issue mm -hmm. um, you know as an advertiser you don't really know like it's it's like in the YouTube ecosystem when you buy media on YouTube for example you don't really know where you're running your ads against specifically you're targeting let's say demo age gender but you don't really have full transparency before you run media exactly which channels you're running media against right mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we actually started the whole premise of the business, which is building transparency and uh, data around the YouTube ecosystem and social video. Um, so when we when we saw it happening, we were like, wow, like this is actually like what we were like for the last couple of years working on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it finally became a big focus for everyone. Yeah. And uh, it started a lot of conversations around here and uh, the, some of the companies I talked to around the uh, just transparency and and social media in general, even though YouTube is, you know, I mean, it's definitely social media, but it's it's video primarily. But um, yeah, transparency and uh, you know, Facebook has has had issues with this in the past. Google's had issues in other areas. Uh, just yes. Yeah, so, so you said you this was a goal for you for a couple years. You know, just tell me like what you were seeing years ago that made you think, oh, this, this there's a there's a need in the market for something like this and more transparency. Yeah. So. A um, couple years ago, when TrueView first started, when, when YouTube started first monetizing uh, ads and they launched TrueView as a platform and you could purchase it through AdWords and now through DBM, uh, basically when they first like launched the product, it was about um, how do you buy it more efficiently, right? Um, but as an advertiser, like, you know, if you think about YouTube, the channels within are like the publishers also, right? It's got a couple million, I mean millions of, tens of millions of publishers. There's probably like 
500,000 that are relevant and uh, or but even like if you slim it down like a hundred thousand that are really really relevant that are big enough to to people like to to really watch basically yeah. um, so like as an advertiser if you were buying media on dot-com you would go plan the stuff right like you want to understand here are the 50 100 5,000 or 10,000 whitelisted or people that I understand I'm going to run media against so or initially that didn't exist um, in the YouTube ecosystem so we started uh, building out product um, you know using the public API's but also actually now integrating with some of these YouTube channels and influencers to get a broader level of data from them hmm yeah very interesting um, so, in, in, in the aftermath of everything that happened, because YouTube and they did change some things around, where they uh, they they made it so that you can't monetize videos for instance, unless you have I think like ten thousand or some odd subscribers or whatever. They made some changes. Do you feel like this is uh, adequate, you know, for from an advertiser's perspective? Do you, do you think that are your clients sated by what YouTube has done? I think like you know. Clients now are all looking for some sort of third-party validation mm. uh, to like just like you know how there are like the double verifies of the world in the dot-com ecosystem. Um, you know, for traditional media buying on digital, you know, people want that right for like YouTube specifically, and so like um, clients are asking for more granular ways for them to be able to filter out things like by, on a TV basis. So like when people buy TV, there's different ratings, right? Different ways of uh, how these channels for let's say brand safety or for a variety of different factors. And even though like let's say the most extreme content is out there, like it's no longer on YouTube and YouTube is doing uh, work to basically eliminate those type of content. Uh, advertisers are still looking for uh, mechanisms to filter out, hey, what is really risky or really gray, right? Or provocative content, which is still like, if you, depends on which lens, right? Is brand safe to like the really, really, really brand safe. Yeah. So there's still like kind of like, and UGC is something you can't proctor and control. So advertisers are also looking for ways to making sure that even when you, let's say, whitelist 10,000 channels, you're, you're able to make sure one of those channels during, let's say, one of your campaigns are not, you know, creating content you, you don't deem brand safe. For. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I want to apologize at the outset. Um, I didn't. I forgot that there's a lot of doors around here, and the foot traffic just increased dramatically once we started recording. I feel no like, but um, no, no, uh, fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if you, like you you, know, you see any <clears throat> trends in in this space that uh, obviously you have the YouTube and the transparency thing, but anything else that you're seeing uh, just from your work you know, with these advertisers and. Things like that. Yeah, so like, you know, one thing is brand safety. And the problem with that also comes scale, mm -hmm. right? So like if you think about, hey, I just want to run my media on very specific environments, that help that basically drastically increases the CPM. Right. So a lot of um, the next issue that people are looking at is okay, I have my brand safe environment. But is it going to give me the enough scale that I was accustomed to prior to this branded safety issue? And am I getting it at prices that are even close to what I was paying for before? Right. So like that's actually an issue that we're we're solving through a new product we're launching in a few months, um, focused around kind of like 
first party data of these YouTube channels and such. But the skill issue is actually like something that people I think will, will realize after they implement all the, you know, heavy brand safety yeah. limitations. Cool. Um, I, I, like you said, that's a few months out, so we don't have to get too deep into that. I'm sure you don't want to, you know, spill the beans too crazy on that. But um, that's, 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 this is just a, an interesting space for me personally, just because uh, videos passion of mine in some respect so um when all this stuff starts happening with you know youtube i mean i know we're talking about youtube a lot and i'm sure there are big folks for you guys but there's you can you can stick in any major uh, platform facebook whatever uh everybody has a video focus and uh it's just interesting when you talk about advertising how um it is kind of tough to you know really control anything like you said in the ucg environment and that's what all of this is so uh I, I, w I would think that on some level brands kind of have to expect that you know their ads are going to show up next to some unsavory uh brand unsafe content you know so like when when you when you guys work with a client is there a conversation where it's like hey you guys you're not going to get the really clean tv type of situation here like this is not programming in, in a sense it's it's some person with a channel and they're gonna run what they want, you know? Is that is that ever a conversation? I yeah, mean? I think like, it, you know, people want to define what brand safety means to them, like what quality of content, or like what kind of like, is it vlogs, or is it like, you know, there's like a variety, right? Because there's certain type of content creators that would have more uh, around basically like, uh, have, have more uh, um, content that might just have provocative language. Yeah. right but there's certain channels that are not going to like auto related for example right or sure. finance related or how to related right so like um it's really about the scale and brand safety um that people it's really defining that so we do have those conversations absolutely gotcha yeah and i, I, I would think like for instance if you're talking tech right like uh consumer tech a channel like uh, mkb mkbhd uh marcus brownlee that's a fairly safe channel. The guy doesn't really curse ever. He doesn't, yeah. you know, nothing. Nothing's crazy going on. Yeah. He was at the presidential debate. I think asking questions once. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's very. So yeah, there's definitely kind of you know that that, that there's safety there. It's just for every one of him, you probably have a, a PewDiePie or something who's gonna say something crazy, and you know your ads are on this video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, uh, anything else you're seeing out there, man? Do you think it's kind of interesting, worth noting? Yeah, so like one other thing is like this interesting uh, around this YouTube ecosystem, right? Conversions of um, influencer marketing, right? With this media buying world. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that, um, you know, you know, is there is one level of brand safety by just collecting information and, and or one level of integration and the other is actually integrating directly with uh, with the influencer so like the other the other side of it actually to my to my point is um, the influencers on YouTube for example they're really suffering a lot of them on they call it the adpocalypse basically I've seen yeah yeah seen so the like they're some people are getting like 80 90 percent decreasing their revenue yeah like some uh, some some people that are making 100 grand a month before doing like 10,000 or less and uh and so like you see a crazy drop off um 
in terms of like their monetization ratios, et cetera. So, um, so that's actually something else that, you know, worth noting, um, which is a, it's just an issue. So for us, we not only kind of like address the advertising side, also like working with influencers to kind of create a detailed information about their content and their channels to provide a better, um, essentially, understanding for advertisers of their content. So we directly integrate with influencers now, mm. looking to solve the problem they're facing too. Yeah, no, and I feel like I've been watching YouTube, like, it's, it's, it's essentially TV for me at this point. Yeah. And like, every year there's some type of adpocalypse thing where like, a bunch of the big guys make a video like, oh, this is, YouTube made this crazy change and it yeah. sucks. But this one does seem a bit significant because- It's pretty significant. Yeah, they, they, they lost a lot of money. Like, know. not just the creators, but the ecosystem companies on the creator side. Mm -hmm. So like, there's the creators, there's the MCNs. A lot of people are seeing crazy drops in revenue. Yeah. Right? Um, it's really significant. Yeah. Really significant. Well, hopefully they can turn it around and, you know, it's good, it's good to know that people like you are out there trying to, you know, buffer this a little bit in some capacity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways it kind of need to happen as well, just because, you know, from the, from the advertising perspective, like you said, you, you, you don't know where your ads are going to show up. So, and YouTube was kind of not inclined to really change that. So now, now they are. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Tony, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate yeah, talking to you. you today, dude. It was uh, really interesting stuff. Thank you.